God. Thank you Lord for Jesus. The Savior of the whole world. There is nobody that cannot be saved. And we thank you for that. We bless you and we praise you. Thank you that we are saved. Thank you that we have the ability to invite others into your great plan of salvation. Touch us today Father with a desire and a drive. To go out and, and compel men to come in to make the gospel so attractive to them that they won't be able to resist it. And we thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So today we're going to talk about the God of no want. No want. No want. There's no want in our God. Absolutely none. And if you'll focus on the completeness of God and the all uh, consuming provision the all uh, encompassing provision can you believe that there is nothing that you face in life as a challenge or a difficulty that God cannot provide the means for you to overcome not help you overcome but him through you has already overcome everything if God lives in you and he's already overcome everything that's why he says to count it all joy when we come into these situations that seem difficult or you know that try our faith or you know you look at a, a something that's too big for you and it's standing in the way of you receiving what God wants you to have he says to count all of that joy you know there's nothing really to fear there's nothing to lament because there is no want in God that word want also means lack so when we say God supplies your needs that means that the things that you want in life you know I want a car I want a comfortable house I want I want I want we need to start saying I have those things already I have a car I have a comfortable home I have a you know whatever it is that you desire uh, instead of expressing the lack of start expressing the fulfillment of because God has already overcome any obstacle that would stand in your way of receiving these things I don't care if it's bad credit no credit uh, evil credit report uh, <laughs> bad credit karma they even got credit karma commercials on now like you know whatever I mean all of that stuff and, and even if it's lack financially God can overcome uh, those things and he can uh, be the God of great supply to us because there's so much abundance in him. Uh, his his uh, um, power brings in more than just what is affecting your life. It, it, it just does that. If we look at uh, some of the success stories in this country of business people who started out with nothing. Uh, there has to be God involved in it because look at all the nations where people have nothing. You know and they die with nothing and they leave nothing to their children. It's just nothing across the board. So God in this is it has to be the one to make the difference. He, he makes that difference for us because he has a vision of provision for every individual that desires provision. 
And I think that's how that's what's caused this nation to have the greatness that we've had, the leadership in industry and innovation and all of those things is because God has blessed when we created this nation, we call ourselves one nation under God. And the day we quit saying that is the day that that will you know to will start our downhill decline. But in a true fashion, I mean we're we're trying to head that way now with this understanding or a poor understanding we have of what it means to be a free people. You know, when you're free, you're free under a someone's rule. You're not just a free spirit out there to do anything you want to do. You, your liberty is granted by someone who's capable of granting that liberty, has the power to grant that liberty. So you have liberty under somebody's authority. So that means that there are going to be limitations on your liberty. That means that your liberty is going to have a focus and a direction on it. You're not just, you just can't do anything you want to do. You know, I mean, you can if you want to live that way, but there's going to be a price to pay for that if it's not under somebody's rule and under somebody's direction. So the things that have made this nation great are the liberties that are expressed, say for instance in our constitution. There's you're, 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 you're entitled to by the creator which puts him in control of these things. Life, liberty and pursuit of happiness. So even the government isn't in control of our liberty. God is. And that liberty has some limitations on it. We're limited to what in what we do to where we harm other individuals. That's not allowed. We don't have the liberty to do that. We don't have the liberty to steal. We don't have the liberty to lie or to cheat or, or to be false in any way. And so there's great constraint on liberty. It's not just freedom to do whatever you want to do. You, you know that's foolishness. And who would want that? You know if, it, if it's liberty if you can have as many uh, certain kinds of items as you want. People get to excess. You know, I I never thought people live like, you know, you see these programs, hoarders. You know, those are people without restraint, without uh, control, self-control, no no limits on their thinking. And so a devil gets in there and starts to tell these people, grab this, grab that, grab that, grab And pretty soon they can't live in their house. Some people get as many pets as they want to and forget about spay and neuter and they just have these pets all over the place and it's a health hazard and they the pets die and so there's there's destruction when there's too much freedom so to speak you know you you don't need freedom your liberty has to take you somewhere it just can't be an absence of all restraint you know it's it's focused on on accomplishing something so the liberty that we have in god is a focused liberty that helps us to accomplish certain things that puts restrictions uh pulls restrictions off of us as long as we're headed in a certain direction got me as long as we're headed in the direction of god then we we can can have freedom to go that direction See, the devil's not stopping us from pursuing God anymore. He's not stopping us from pursuing success and pursuing greatness. But but we have the liberty to experience the life of God. 
everything God has for us. So he really takes the chains off of us and the limitations that the enemy has put on us. And then he grants us liberty in him. And so that's always a great. And there's a security there. You know there's a security that you won't go off the deep end. You know, uh, if you if you begin to pray and God begins to show you things, there will be things that you can understand and things you can grasp and you won't go off the deep end. You know, God won't take you into a realm where it's spooky and it's uncontrolled and, you know, like like the devil will. You know, he gets people to want to get curious about the spirit world and all this kind of stuff. And pretty soon it's out of control for them. You know, they got to get deliverance from something. And so God will never do us like that. He, he gives us the desire. He gives us our own ability to ask for what we want. He adds to it to show us his goodness and his abundance. But he will always work in the realm of our own faith. You know, whatever we are extending our faith for uh, then God will work in that realm and that's a good thing because he won't take you uh, through any changes so to speak you know you can trust him he won't get you out there and get you embarrassed or have you do anything foolish or anything that you can't recover from so uh, being a good God he works with us in our own makeup our own personalities all of that stuff he's able to work with us and won't take us too fast you know and he won't go too slow he'll always be on time with everything so he's a God who understands us and respects us and you know and the devil has no respect for us you know no respect for any humanity he always wants to get you out beyond where your faith is so he can put fear in you and then he can take you down because you're scared and so whenever that happens we know that we've gotten beyond where God can help us and we need to pull back in and use our faith so there's all kinds of dangers out here in the world and God is there to help and protect us from those so in Psalm 23 in verse 1 it says the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want so as a sheep and this is the important thing your relationship to God so that there is no lack in your life you must have this relationship he is the shepherd and you are the sheep got me he leads you follow he guides you obey (laughs) he takes a few steps you keep up (laughs) you don't take a time out and sit on the sidelines and decide you can skip it this time you can't skip anything in God you need everything that he has for you and everything he has planned for you you need that so when we make up our minds that we're going to be obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal shepherd personal and that means that you have following relationship with him every day every minute of every day it's not just for when you come to church and you pay attention there when you get home you know you have your freedom again you know all the all the uh, stops are pulled out that's not the way to live we don't live without restraint we live within the parameters of what the shepherd allows us to do when he says stop we stop when he says go we go even though he may have promised us things and it may seem like they're on the way 
You know how it is. We get a little excited. And we want to see him in a hurry. <laughs> we have to be gracious about these things. See, there's grace to receive graciously. Instead of grubbing up and snatching up and getting greedy about it. <laughs> Ooh, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Sometimes uh, Aubrey would give me a card and it would have something in it, you know, and I would just look at what was in it and put the card aside. He said, Read that card. <laughs> I said, I did. He said, You didn't read that card. What did it say? <laughs> Well, yeah, and you know, he would always get the right card. He'd look for hours for cards with the right thing, saying the right thing, and all that kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, who cares? <laughs> Show Baba the money, you know, whatever. But anyway, he taught me manners. That was just not mannerable. So I got my hands smacked many times and learned some manners. But those things that's what a good husband or wife will do for you. You know, that you grow. You you and so there is grace to accept graciously instead of with greed and with, you know, whatever was driving me. Lack fear of lack, whatever. Uh there was grace to receive graciously the things that are given from in love. So we have to remember that. And so the things that God gives us are given to us in love. But they're also given according to our faith. And so we, we've we got to understand that we play a part in the type of life that we live. And the things that we possess. We play a great part in that. And so your faith then has to cause certain things to be drawn to you. And certain things will uh, not be drawn to you by your lack of faith for them. And so when we, we serve a God who is a God of no lack or no want... When we are being obedient to him and following him, then we will experience great provision. And great provision. If you haven't experienced great provision, <clears throat> just keep following him. Because that's a promise. His promise is that there will be no lack. Now why would we experience? We are doing the best we can to obey God. You know that's always what we say. Why is it that we experience lack? Why do we run into this situation where we don't have enough. We're short. We're this and we're that. And I think it's because we don't follow him in all things. See there's a place where we'll follow him to a point and after that we take over. Uh huh. See that's really what it is. So when we talk about following the Lord we're following him not just in, in accumulating what we desire or following him because we have need but we follow him for fellowship. So when you when you finally plug in to what this thing is all about, you'll follow him because you see you have a need and a desire for him all the time. You follow him for fellowship as well. What does that mean? That means that if there is lack in your life, you can fellowship with him 
in a way that fulfills you that you don't know there's lack. You don't perceive the lack. You don't sense the lack. You don't know the lack. Because we are made for relationship. Human beings are made for relationship. And so if we understand that, we'll understand that we have to uh, enjoy life beyond what we can see, feel, hear, eat, sleep on. Be clothed by whatever. We have to get beyond that. And God's goal is to lead us beyond. We have to be led beyond where the the average sinner is. Because the sinner will experience abundance in a material realm but still be hungry and thirsty. Because that's not why we came to the Lord. We might have lacked material things. But the, even though we lack material things. The overriding thing that motivated us was our, our inner hunger. Our spiritual hunger. The, the, the drive on the inside of the, the emptiness on the inside of us was what really took over and led us to Christ. You see that with people you pray for. You wonder when are these people going to really serve God? I mean you know I pray for them all the time. They get this. They get that. They get the other. Well they're not experiencing that inner hunger to the degree that only God will fill it. See it comes and it goes. They'll feel lonely for a minute and find somebody else or get amused with something and that that little thing is fulfilled. But when we really start to see them uh, move toward God it's because they feel like all their problems are solved and there's still something wrong. You know still something out of kilter. And so as believers when we come to God we come with that hunger and he fulfills it. But then we'll pick up the natural life again. You know it never fails. We just can get flop over into the natural life because it's so familiar to us. We'll try God for a minute. And if he doesn't get something for us right away. Then we're ready to quit that and go back to fishing like Peter in the disciples. Remember when Jesus, we act like Jesus is dead. You know he's going to leave that what we what was so fulfilling to us. And we'll go back to natural life. And, and, and it's easy to do. You know our lack of experience with God makes it easy for us to pick up natural life again. Because we have more experience with that. And so we'll gravitate toward that which is familiar to us. But when we will trust God we will experience that life of no want. We don't want for anything. So man without God abides in darkness. And and uh, lack or want really is an expression of the perception of that darkness. When you start to perceive darkness in your soul, in your life, anywhere, it's an expression of of that. Uh, lack is an expression of darkness. So when we're in darkness, we abide alone, and we are made for fellowship. We're made for relationship. He created us for relationship. These people who say, well, I don't really need anybody but the Lord. You liar. And God will prove that to you before the week is out. Just let your faucet leak and you'll see. You need somebody at least to come fix your faucet. 
Oh, I don't have any money. Then you better make friends with somebody with skills. You got me? <laughs> or believe God for a miracle. Amen. I can't tell you the times that, that I I have needed things and before I even would ask for them they show up. Just because God understands and I have that kind of relationship with God where I'm always expecting help. <laughs> uh, there are people who are embarrassed to ask people to help them. I'm not. I'm always saying God what, what <laughs> what's with this embarrassment? Send me somebody. I will not be embarrassed. They can come in here and clean his house from top to bottom. And fix every knob and every door. And I would not care. I'll thank them graciously. And say I will pray for God to bless you. Thank you for coming by this way. But uh, there are some people who don't like asking. I don't mind. <laughs> I'll humble myself. But but that's just because I understand God's ways. See, I believe firmly that God blesses those who bless me. Remember that scripture? In your pride and in your whatever you don't need anybody. He blesses those who bless you. And I think he works overtime convincing. See, if you get stuck on a scripture and you can't quite grasp it the way it's written. and receive, You get stuck there working that for a while. And sometimes that's why we experience needs in our life. Because we don't understand the cycle of spiritual things in this earth and kingdom living to the degree that we can expect that you're not taking something away from somebody if they decide to bless you. You got me? But by the same token you can't be in somebody else's pocket either. You know, on your own trying to get from them. You understand what I'm saying? God has ways of blessing people. I can remember people coming to my home and saying, well, you know, well, so and so and such and such. And, and you know, and, and uh, well, while I'm here, is there anything that I can do for you and so forth? And then I would say, well, I'm not real sure. I said, you know what, really, I don't think so. I said, I'm trying to think of something, couldn't think of it. And, and God would tell me afterwards, he said, well, they needed a blessing. He said they needed a blessing. And they recognize that the blessing is on the believer. They don't know God, they don't but there's something in them that motivates them toward you in a helpful way, not in a hurtful way. And be thankful for that because there's enough people out here that really will want to hurt you if they have a chance to also. You got me? And so we have to recognize this and be able to strike a balance in the way we live and understand that we are God's representatives here on earth and the door to blessing for other people who will need something to draw from because of the way they live. You got me? They live without covenant in God. And they have to have a door into the blessings of God. And the believer is that door. But see if we're in pride and we don't want to receive from anybody. And we don't tell God we have a need. And open up our hearts to receive. Then we're, we're stopping the cycle of blessing on the earth. 
Because sometimes that will be a strong witness for that person. They'll say you know I don't know but every time I do something for this person. Or every time I have a conversation. Or every time something with this person. You've already been singled out as a source of blessing in the earth. So why not just bless people? Why not not bless them by cooperating with what God put them in your life? You got me? And so we can suffer a lot of lack and cause lack to come into the lives of others by the way we respond in relationship. See? The way you respond in relationship can either pull goodness toward you and other people or it can repel it. People who don't have time for people. They're not that doesn't come from God. God will have you stop in the middle of what you think is so important. And do something totally extraordinary. And out of your element and out of the ordinary. So that you can bring that blessing into somebody else's life. If we really knew who we were. And knew that we were the source of in an open door to God's kingdom for everybody that we come into contact we would cultivate better relationships we would be quick to forgive we would quit being so touchy about everything quit being so embarrassed about everything quit quit being you know the way we are naturally speaking we'd be more spiritual so to speak we'd let go of all of those shackles and chains and really father god follow the lord to be honest with you if the lord is your shepherd he is leading you into relationship as well when jesus walked the earth he was the friend of everybody he met he didn't have any enemies people decided to be enemies with him he didn't carry grudges and chips on his shoulder. I'm going to go get these Pharisees because I'm sick of them and you know all that. He was a. <laughs> you know, he didn't pick fights with people. He demonstrated the love of God, which was no respecter of persons. And he expects his people to live the same way. So not only are we led physically in life. But we're led spiritually as well. We're led spiritually in certain relationships with people. You know, I was <laughs> I was talking to God about something. I'll share this because it was, you know, I'm I'm just talking. I know the answer already. It's not like I'm perplexed. But I had an opportunity to to minister somewhere, and I thought, oh God, well I'm believing you to bail us out of our debt, and blah 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 blah. blah. Let this be a big offering, and you know there was really not much faith there. But I thought I'll put it out there just for old time's sake. And so when I went there, they were they were in more debt than we were and so God had me minister to him and all this and and she was the the uh, woman in charge of the ministry was telling me she said I just feel so bad she said I I kind of panicked and I had some people come here and she said really I can see now that the offerings that I gave or or were given well she's something happened in a minister wound up taking his own offering which was not allowed and 
So he was manipulative and got the people to give and gave them a word and all this nonsense. And so she said that really should have been your money. I said well I said that's okay. I said God will God'll make it up. She said well I just feel bad. I said honey don't feel bad. I said those things happen. I said you were trying to get your need met as well. I said so I I never feel bad about that. And I don't. You know I, I go to serve. I don't go to, to you know jack people up and take from them. And so when I when I was leaving, I said, God, why do I always get these assignments? You know what he said? He said, because I can't get anybody else to do it. You got me? See, and that will come to you. And, and these are things that you kind of know. You got me? He said, they need help. He said, and there's so many people out here who won't even come unless they're guaranteed a certain amount of money and want you to send them a check in advance. And so he said, I ask you because you're the only one I can get to do this kind of stuff. Or something. So, so you have to, you got to know this. You got to understand this about, I purposed in my heart to live my life in such a way that I had the freedom to do what God told me to do. Now there are some people that feel they have to ask for a certain amount of money because they have families that are dependent upon that and all that. I think faith will get you more myself but that's maybe that's what they feel they must do because there are some people that will get you there and won't give you anything you know it has happened to me every now and then but it doesn't happen much because I use my faith for, for what I need and so but there are times when they need to see that God will send somebody who's not interested in money too because you don't know how close some people might be to quitting if they see one more preacher come in here with his hand out and, and, and not really wanting to deposit anything. And so, you know, those things are very, very important for us. But when God leads you, he leads you in integrity. He leads you in his, in his, in, with the attitude that he carries everywhere. He will lead you with that attitude. So not only are you being, your footsteps are in a pathway that God's chosen for you. But you also take on his spirit when you go. So that you can function the same way that he would function were he in your spot. So we've got to know that we have all of that available to us. Because if you don't know that you have that available, you won't expect it. You won't walk in it. You'll walk in the flesh and everything will be hard for you. be scared of people or scared of things or withholding or holding back, something like that. So we have to know that when we are being led by him, there's no lack of in us spiritually, mentally, uh, materially, everything is taken care of. So you have the things that you need, but also the ability to graciously receive them, to uh, receive and not complain, to allow yourself to enjoy spiritually what you receive you know you don't always have to get in the flesh to enjoy things you can enjoy them spiritually Uh, you can have a quiet contentment about you (laughs) and the things of God you know you don't have to be jumping all over the place all the time uh, if God's providing for you and so there's there is that confidence there that you can have when you when you serve God there's no want no want
So and the promise of Abraham rests upon everybody who put their faith and trust in God. So whatever ever Abraham had you can have. One of the things that I like best about what Abraham had was his unwavering confidence in God. Man you, you think what faith can bring into your life? What trust, what confidence in God can bring to you? And that has to be at the top of the list. I mean the fact that, that Abraham was very rich had nothing to do with, with uh, his efforts more or less at accumulating wealth. You all know he went down to Egypt with the, the purpose of just surviving. He came out rich. Not only they they financed his trip out of Egypt back into the will of God. So God will make you wealthy even in your disobedience or your mistakes. Huh? Mistakes. Mistakes. See, God had a covenant with Abraham that did not was not forfeited when he disobeyed. It continued and went on, even under, and and this was just God's word to him, and this was before the law. So we don't know that Abram was really just learning principles about marriage. This was the kind. This is how they rolled back in the day. You know, the wife was more or less property. She was not. You know what God created women to be in a man's life. She was more or less. You know, you had to obey, period. Or you got kicked to the curb. Especially if you couldn't bear children. And so because they were married at one point, they weren't sure who it was. When God promised them kids, they decided they'd try and find out. They found out it was her. And so Sarah then, because she was barren, was probably just kept along there and not valued highly. And God changed that in Abraham, didn't he? So when you walk with God, you the value of other people to you changes. See, you learn how to value people the way God values them. And you learn how to treat people the way God would have you to treat them. Got me? Some people you have to go the extra mile with. Hmm? And guess what? Somebody's going the extra mile with you. So you're not doing something. You're not the one that's giving all the time and doing all this all the time. Why is it always got to be me? Because you know better. huh? You know better. Well they know better too. You don't know that. You're not God. Besides he didn't create people to please you. He created people after his own delight. So you just get in line and obey now. Just <laughs> be your own little self here. <laughs> but God invites us to follow him. And he promises a great payoff if we follow him. Isaiah 53 6 lets us know that we abide in darkness. It says all men have gone astray. Turned everyone to his way. And that way led us into sin. God has laid the iniquity of us all on Jesus. So our own way donates darkness and sin. So we don't know where we're going. We just think we do. We just got an idea all of a sudden. 
But there's a great payoff when we follow him. Why? Because it, it, it constitutes a sacrifice in our lives. See it's a sacrifice for us not to do what we want to do. And go do what God tells us to do. Mm-hmm. Sacrifice in that it denies the flesh an opportunity to operate and control your life. So it's not like you're going to miss anything. You're, you're the better off for it. You just don't know it yet. See we're in so much darkness. We really think that, that we're doing something big when we let go of our flesh. You know, and it's it's only the part you already agreed to let go of, because it gets you in trouble all the time. So when you follow your own way, even though you're in darkness, you think you know where you're going. Huh? We think we know where we're going, and we're mad if anybody tells us anything different. Huh? We're so convinced. Huh? <laughs> Touchy, as the as the Corinthians, First uh, Corinthians thirteen tells us, you know, is, is we're just touchy about everything. So Isaiah fifty three six lets us know we need somebody to lean on because we all go astray like sheep. Everybody goes his own way, huh, and winds up not doing well. So the darkness that we abide in without God causes us to stumble even though we think we know where we're going when we receive Christ we become children of light children not adults children the God refers to us as sons and daughters so that we know we're in a family and we need guidance from the father and so he puts us in relationship already when we're born into the kingdom when we're born again we come in as children and we stay as children even though we're heirs and we can grow in stature in Christ but the relationship to the father never changes see we have a father that never dies that we never move out of the house from that we never get away from we keep a continual relationship family relationship with God the father so even when we receive Christ we're children of light but that light is provided by God you don't walk in your own light you can't you can't create any light and God wants us to walk into the light we go our own way it's sin it's always sin when you disconnect from God and go your own way sin is unrighteousness and you can't be blessed in unrighteousness even though you might be over there doing good works and what you think is setting the world on fire unrighteousness is not a blessed condition so when we step out of God's will we go astray whether we do it in fear in reluctance not being sure you know there's always a bunch of excuses we can use for disobeying God but if you're if you're not sure of the way to go you can always ask him he said if you lack wisdom ask and I give it to you liberally so he wants to lead us and he is there to lead us but sometimes we estrange ourselves and don't really know how to reconnect and we'll step out of the way of God and find ourselves in you know off in the thicket somewhere (laughs) you know caught in a bush or something like that and God has to send for us but he will send for us 
He says he dwells in thick darkness. Which means that he's aware of where we are at all times and he's very close to us. So in our trouble he is a present help for us. We just have to know how to let him in. Invite him in. Many times God's invited into our lives through intercession. Through the prayers of other people. Sometimes we don't understand how we got so far over there and and didn't get killed or didn't get thrown away or cast aside or something like that it's because we've been held up by the prayers of other people sometimes you don't even have the the brains to cry out to God for yourself and he will raise up somebody who will ask for his mercy your mercy his mercy hovers over us at all times so darkness is what causes lack because we can't see the provision spiritually materially any other way when you're in darkness that's why you experience lack lack is part of separation from God whenever we're separated from God we experience lack John 1 5 tells us that darkness cannot overtake light so it's not stronger than light so darkness is kind of easy to get rid of or to shake off because it's you know it's like like as as much as reaching up for a light bulb and turning the switch on that's how we we contact God it's like turning on a switch and he's right there you know, it's not like if, if you disobey, it's going to take you years to get back where you, you know the devil tells you all kinds of crazy things. I remember <clears throat> thinking to myself about uh, God's forgiveness. And, and, you know, it was back in the day where uh, I was a, a newer Christian and I didn't know to focus on meditating, so I got. You know, certain things became a part of me, got grafted in, where, you know, you walked, walked them out at all times. And, and I remember thinking, God, I, I did this wrong. And, and, um, you know, the old Catholic penance and, you know, saying your rosaries and all that kind of stuff. And I knew that was, was not right because the sins were paid for. But somehow in my, my soul and my conscience, I couldn't grasp to let go of guilt and, and all of that and the desire to somehow uh, deprive myself of something so I felt better about myself kind of thing that that a whole thing about legalism will pop up in your soul and I remember that I was um, I was having a disagreement with somebody that was a minister and I had uh, I I was thinking about it and I had to go and talk to that person and so um, God had me just before I went in I just repented I said well Lord I'm sorry I said I you know didn't mean to strive with this man I'm going to go in here to his service and so as I was talking with him uh, he was trying to pick up the argument again you know and God caused him his knees to collapse underneath him and he looked up at me and he said uh, he said well I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to forgive me you don't have to tell me you, I, I forgive you or something like that I'm asking you to forgive me and I was looking at him and so the Lord told me he said now you think it takes a long time for me to forgive you but I showed you I don't he said as quickly as you ask forgiveness in that car he said you were forgiven he said and now he's the offender you're not you got me and so God will prove to you his word 
And why is that so important for us to have evidence that these things are true? Because they are your lifeline to God. See if you're having a problem with something you don't understand it. And you can't quite grasp it. All you have to do is God make this real to me. Show me that this this thing is right. You know and he will show it to you. And he'll you'll experience it. See you you need to get an experience that you know it's true. I remember when we went to visit my mother. She passed away before I even moved to Detroit. And she had been sick and God healed her and you know there she was being sick again and she was on dialysis for many years in fact the doctors would remark how good she looked he said they would say you don't even look like a dialysis patient because you know there's when you have impurities in your blood after a while your skin takes on that that color it kind of darkens and you don't look as you're not healthy you don't look as healthy especially when it's time for a treatment you know and so uh you know they were telling her that and she had gotten angry at my father and moved with my younger sister for a period of time and she always felt bad about it and i knew she did and that got to be an issue for her this is important when people people live they need to obey God period you got me because the devil can get you in a snare where you feel like you can't ever get back to where you need to be and so I had talked to her about it and told her I said you know mom I said God's a forgiving God I said he's a loving God and she said yeah she said I hope so and you know that kind of thing and I could tell that she was getting toward the end of her life because of you know the way she would behave sometimes and so she was in the hospital she had gone back into the hospital for uh, you know she her, one of her feet had gotten an infection in it or something and they were talking about doing surgery and all this kind of stuff and I just I told the Lord I said God you know just take undertake for her I said you're you're her God she trusts you you know and so anyway the last night that she was alive Shirley and I went and Pastor Shirley when I and I went in to, to talk to her and and um God just had me read to her from the word and I was reading to her uh, from 1 John if you confess your sins he is faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness and so she looked at me she said is that in the Bible I said "Uh uh-huh and I said I'm going to read it to you again she said okay and so I read she said you mean God can clean me up and I said he sure can that morning she was she passed away you see just getting to understand what you have and sometimes this is why people stay here on the earth God is yet ministering these truths to them truths that we should live in every day and maybe sometimes take them for granted but if this truth is something the devil is robbing somebody of they don't have peace that they have peace with God you know they don't they, they when they broken fellowship with God through some type of disobedience they need to have that repaired so that they can depart this life in peace and so God will see to it that those things happen but when you serve the Lord you know this is something that's part of your daily relationship with God I don't get these people that tell you because you repent you're sin conscious I don't get that I don't get it you know inside of you 
if you're close to God or if you're not. You know if there's something missing or if there isn't. You know if there's something. See you can get in just as much legalism over grace as you can about anything else. You know if you let yourself. And so you have to understand that when you have relationship with God. You have to know what breaches that relationship. You have to know when that relationship's strong. You have to know if what you're doing is pleasing to God. You have to know all of these things. You know within you what you have. Many times we're reluctant to move on in God. And embrace more of what he has for us. Simply because we don't. We we don't believe we have the grace we think we have. You got me? That covers you stepping into the unknown as well. You got me? And so we have to understand that when and you need to repent when you withdraw back from God. There's all kinds of ways you break. It's not just, well, I don't do that anymore and that. You get real. You know, get real. Because there's a relationship with God that you have that you must keep. And it's a personal one. It's not a blanket relationship that you get under a big blanket with all the rest of the believers. And everybody's safe. Because you believe the same way. It's a personal thing. I couldn't have run my marriage the way I saw a lot of women run it. Because I wasn't married to their husband. And I didn't have that kind of... See, you know when you're pleasing to somebody. You need to seek to please him. And keep that relationship with him the way he wants it. He's in charge of the relationship. We're not. And so many times we'll think we have something with God that we don't have. Because we think we've been given a blanket permission for things. This is wrong. It's 100% wrong. And so we need to understand that God has. And God has a plan for us. That we need to move forward in. So that we're keeping pace with what he, where he wants us to be. See, when you follow the shepherd, he steps in those steps first and you step in all of them. You don't skip some, you know, like hopscotching behind God or playing <laughs> playing your little foot games. <laughs> I'm running Jesus as fast as I can. He's running in, in place. Huh? <laughs> he hears you from way back there. He says, step up. Take longer strides. Keep up with me. I'm moving. Huh? And let him move us out into the great unknown that we're to experience because we love him and we want to please him. So God is light and that light is a security for us. Not an exposure, not something that makes you feel bad, but it's a security. Once you know that you're in the light of God and you're pleasing to him and and you're obedient to him, then that light becomes your security. Mm -hmm. When it's when you feel exposed by his truth, that's getting some darkness out of you. And you need to embrace the light even more and thank God for it. God, I thank you that you're rooting that out of me. I thank you that you're helping me to get beyond just the basic baby level of living and feeling that I have it all when I'm holding back from you. Got me? We can hold back from God at any time. It's not always about believing that we're forgiven and, and the devil can't stop us anymore. But it's about pleasing him. You know, Sometimes you just need to ask God, God what can I do to please you? Can I do something today that's not going to pay, pay me but it's going to pay you? Hmm? So that I can show you I love you. How about that for a change? And so in Proverbs 4 it tells us. That before we knew God, 
knew of God, we were enlightened. Let me read this because I don't even see my notes right. Hang on to Psalm 23. Proverbs 4. I think it's verse 19. It says, The way of the wicked is as darkness, and they don't know what makes them stumble. Now, you ever have something that's not right in your life? Something you want to accomplish and you can't figure out why it's not? That's it, see? It says, and it doesn't make you a wicked person. You're just gone your own way. Okay, the way of the wicked is darkness, so they can't do anything but dark things. But when we go the way, we don't even know what what's causing us to be tripped up. So the light has to be turned on for you before you even understand what it is that's causing the problem. And oftentimes it may be something that seems it's always this way. Whenever we find it out, it seems like such a small thing that couldn't be it. You got me? Oh, that couldn't be what's wrong because that that's nothing. <laughs> that's why you keep doing it because you think it's nothing. But anything that's unpleasing to God is unrighteousness. Anything that's not pleasing to God is sin. And so when we talk about this, we need to talk about what separates us from the light and causes us to stumble and we don't know what it is and we don't know how to correct it. Many times people say, you know, well, I'll tell people if if mismanaging your money got you in trouble, then if you start managing it right, you'll get out of trouble. Well, you know, I never have enough and God understands. And see, it's that kind of begging to hold on to unrighteousness that gets the believer in trouble. It's not just out and out sin. It's it's trying to barter with God for to hold on to something that belongs to him it doesn't belong to you it's his righteousness it's not your possession now you wear it like a garment but you didn't create it you can't replace it you can't get a substitute for it you've got to get under it by obeying him and walking in light of what he has for you and so when we get to these places where we we can't understand what it is that's causing the difficulty it's always something that we've been told probably is it but we think it's not important because we don't want to correct it or we don't want to ask God to help us correct it or deliver us from it you know don't ever think as a believer that you don't need deliverance we're just covered. You got me? We're covered in his righteousness. And as long as we move in, in the parameters of that, we have his righteousness. But I can tell you right now, you can get up out the bed and have left something there in the middle of the night and stumble it and see how righteous you talk. You got me? And so it lifts off of you just like that. There's snares of the enemy that he sets for us. You know, you get involved in something that you got to wait too long for something. And then you want to snap. You got me? And so it's right there at the edge sometimes wanting to jump back on us. And it will. And God lets it happen to show you you still need him. You got me? You still got to be led by him. You still can't walk out on your own and think that you can make it in God. So in Proverbs 4.19, we don't know what we're stumbling at. You've got to go to God who is the author of light 
to even find out what it is that's hindering you from getting that real peace with him and getting that real understanding of your pleasing him the way you want to please him. First John 2 things that cause darkness hating the brethren and you know that's something the enemy sets us up for all the time always some somebody that rubs us the wrong way you know and you pretend like it's not there and you can even talk real nice to them and then something will happen and you snap and and you just get off off of what you're supposed to be well you know you need to deal with that see God will have people in your life on a continual basis until you overcome that thing so there are challenges in this walk and there are hindrances to relationship and fellowship with God God if I just didn't if I just didn't have to deal with so and so huh? I'd be okay you know, if I just didn't have to deal with sister so and so and brother what you call it I'd be a good Christian you know that kind of thing well you do have to deal with them and God does it for our own profit so that we can be mature not lacking in anything see when you're lacking in things now just for instance if if God can't trust you to keep short accounts when you deal with the people who are around you all the time how can he trust you to send you somewhere else in his name where you have to maybe deal with either more complicated things I like what uh, um, uh, a speaker we had last time what's his name Todd Todd White yeah the, on the film I like what he said about people who come into the the kingdom come into church because they've been hurt by the world or wounded by the world okay so you come in looking for love but you don't know how to perceive it you see that's just how darkness how much darkness we have in us and then he said and then you start to build a ministry because you want people to accept you you know and you see that so much the the ministers have such needs they almost don't have anything to give to the sheep but yet they've gotten themselves into a position now where you got to serve more people and and if serving a few ticked you off you're really going to be upset when people start really flooding in on you and so it, it, it is that way and that's why God wants to deal with these things in us as individuals because if there's somebody in your life on a consistent basis that's an irritation to you it's because God wants that worked out of you see that you can be friends with that per- person from the heart not the superficial stuff where you don't deal with it you cover it up and you hope they don't come close to you or you tense around them that's that's not working for him see Jesus isn't tense around anybody and he doesn't want us to be tense around anybody he wants us to uh, walk in love sometimes we think it's them and not us don't ever let the devil get you into that striving about whose fault it is you got me it's everybody's fault and you both need to humble yourself and if that person won't do it you do it that's what Jesus would do he made himself of no regard 
He put off all of his earth, his kingly robes, his position, his stature, and he humbled himself when he found himself in the form of a man. So if he humbled himself when he found us and found himself in an earth suit, we're born in one. We're to live a life of humility uh, to different different people, to whomever, and God will keep you humble. You know, and sometimes you'll think, when is it going to be my turn? It's always your turn. Uh, he woke you up this morning. You didn't come put out your house. You still got electricity. You still got water. Your t- utilities. Are, you, you've been loved. You know. So it's your turn all the time. So we, we sometimes put too many demands. Our flesh will do that. You know your spirit's very content to live with God the way he is. But your flesh will put demands on God. That are really unreasonable. You know they're really unreasonable. You want more from God. There's a way to get it. Just talk to him about it. God what do you require of me? How do I get to the level of receiving that I'm expecting? You show me what seeds to sow. You show me what things to do. And God's able to help you to get there. He just wants you to get there. So 1 John 2, did I find that in verse 11? But he that hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness. So you know walking with God when you feel that way. And he doesn't know where he's going. This is what causes us to stumble because that darkness has blinded his eyes. And he says, I write to you little children because your sins are forgiven. You for his name's sake. See? They're forgiven by faith. If you confess him and he'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness there's still the confessing and cleansing that needs to be done. When you when you find you're feeling that way about somebody you go to God and say God you know I, I don't like this. This isn't right. And I know you don't like it either. I need to feel peaceful toward my brother or sister. Whoever it is people you have to work with. It's immature to, to just say I'm forgiven and, and just go on hating people. That's not right. It's not right. There's things in your heart that you know don't please God. You ask God to help you with that. Deliver you from that. Whatever's needed. But mostly what he does is he keeps you in the pot. Hmm? Because you're not done yet. Huh? You think it's them. If you still think it's them and not you. You got some growing up there. You got some explaining to do Lucy. You got some growing up to do Lucy. So we can't say we have fellowship with him then. If we walk in darkness at the same time. And and that fellowship with God is key to everything that you need in life. No, you, you, that's key. You've got to have fellowship with him. And have him uh, please him. Be pleasing to him. Know that you're doing things that please him. You can't be questionable about it. And you can't be in doubt about it. You have to have this assurance and this confidence that only comes through relationship with him. So that's in 1 John 1 and verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. And we don't walk in truth. And we don't do the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ Himself cleanses us from all sin. You got me? And so, don't ever skip the confessing and acknowledging part, because that's got to be done. It's it's like if if there's something that, um, say for instance, I I would 
there would be things that I would forget to do. You know, if my husband was expecting me to do certain things, or he'd say, you know, he was good at leaving a list of things. And I knew better than to start lying about the list. You know, you don't play with people once you, you have a commitment to them. You don't, you know, see how much you can get away with. That's just <laughs> this bad relationship. Because people pick up on it really quickly. And you won't have fellowship <laughs> really quickly. And so there were times if I if I didn't get around to something, I would make sure I let him know, and I'd say, well, you know what, I can do it tomorrow. I can do it soon, and you know. And he just, you know, because it was a disappointment. People want to be able to trust you. It's not that these things are earth-shattering important, but it's about keeping your word. And letting people know that they can rely on you. Once that something is delegated you'll be responsible and you'll hold up your end. And if they need to lean on somebody there's a support there. You know they feel like they're not alone in the world. Because you're there and you're a consistent support to them. They don't want to have to guess if you're in the right mood. Or if they they did something to take you off and you pay them back. That's so ridiculous to, to, to try and have relationship with somebody under the pretense rules. You know not under the, the right rules. And so <clears throat> I knew what to do if there was something I didn't get around to doing. Or you know something like that. I had to be responsible and let him know you know you told me to do so and so and such and such. And I didn't. And it was seldom that I didn't get to do things. Because I ordered my life in such a way that it ran and I knew how to prioritize things. Why? Because I wanted to please him. Now you say that to the average person out here and their little irritated snake gets hissing on the inside you know because people don't look at people are so lacking they have such lack that they're willing to take before they give they want to reap where they don't sow. And if they don't see that that relationship that they're getting what they want soon enough then they're angry they're upset they want to move on they you, you understand what I'm saying we have such lack mentality out here that people don't they see living like I lived as well can't you do something sometime what you need some time for you what are you going what do you do for yourself I serve my husband for myself. I'm a Christian. It gives me joy to show love to other people. I do that for me. That's what I do for me. Well, you everybody needs a break from what? So I can do what you do? Sit over and complain and try to discourage other people from doing what they know is right to do. See you'll get that in relationships. You'll get that when you serve God. You'll get that when you serve humanity. You'll get that when you serve. So just look for it. And be aware that the enemy will try and talk you out. Because that's so important to God. That's how you keep fellowship with him. That's how you get everything you need from God. And get it quickly. Is by doing things that are pleasing to him. What would Jesus do for real though? Not just making up out of your head. But what do you know that he expects you to do. In your job. In your relationships. In your home. With your children. With your spouse. Whoever. With your your grandchildren. What does he expect? 
expect out of you. And do those things. And so when you purpose in your heart to do what's pleasing to God. You have to fight yourself, your flesh, the devil. All the forces of hell will array themselves against you. To try and discourage you. Because that's so pleasing to God. It pleases him very much. When we imitate what the father would do for those individuals. So that's why we're put in each other's lives. To bless each other. To love each other. And to serve each other. Love means service. It means nothing else but that. When you love you serve. When you love your brethren you serve them. And so God expects that from us. Ephesians 5.11 tells us not to get entangled with the unfruitful works of darkness. The works of darkness will not profit you even though you work hard at them. And you may think that's going to get you somewhere and you think you heard from God. But they are unfruitful. They will not produce what you want. And God wants us to make all of our efforts count. That's why he empowers us to do these things. When you operate in his righteousness, then God himself won't judge against you. He says, okay, that's a good thing. I'm going to bless you for doing that. When he sees that righteousness, he blesses what you set your hands to. He promises even to restore the years to us that the enemy stolen, you know. And so when that promise is there, you know how he feels about us being productive and operating in righteousness. God dwells in thick darkness, so he makes himself available to us whatever our circumstances. Yes, he's there with us in the light, and yes, he's there supplying every need. But he also dwells in thick darkness so he can make himself available to us. God lights our candle and enlightens our darkness. So whenever there's a cry out made to God, we can look for him to enlighten us, to keep us going. Because immediately when his word comes in and his answer comes in, our path is lighted again and we know the way. You know, we know the way. So whenever God's word comes in, embrace it. Even if it slaps you a couple of times. And you say, gosh, I, I thought I did that. I thought I had that mastered. And here I am again doing the same old, you know, same old first five push-ups. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you, know, you, you get on your little exercise treadmill or something. And you used to be able to do three minutes and you worked up to ten. Then you quit. Hey, I'm back at three again. I thought I'd jump here and be back at the starting point all over again. But it's a good thing. Because when, when the light comes in, then we're assured that we'll get on the right path again. And God's for us, not against us. And we'll make it through. So why don't we stop right now. Father in heaven, we thank you for allowing us the opportunity to be blessed by your word. Thank you, Lord, that your word is light and it's life. And we thank you for the light and the life that's in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Amen. If anybody needs prayer, come on up and I'll pray for you. Praise God.